fodder to begin this newsletter and podcast. Often comes from a website that lists what may or may not be actual holidays. There are several listed for today and worth noting to demonstrate just how much there is to know about in this section of space, time, and rhyme. October 12th is Farmer's Day. October 12th is also Day of Respect for Cultural Diversity. October 12th is also Emergency Nurses Day. It's also International Top Spinning Day, though October 12th may also be a dream. Whatever the day's theme, this is the edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement for this 285th day of the year. I'm Sean Tubbs, hoping that this year, that National Stop Bullying Day finally comes true. On today's show, Charlottesville's Economic Development Authority agrees to rent a space in York Place for a public restroom for the downtown mall. Charlottesville is looking for a new person to run the city's Police Civilian Oversight Board. Ground is broken on the University of Virginia's new hotel and conference center on Emmett Street. And the opening and closing films of the 35th Annual Virginia Film Festival are announced, and tickets go on sale next week. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, are you interested in a climate-friendly, family-friendly way to replace short car rides? Have you heard about e-bikes? Wondering what kind might be right for you? Join Livable Seaville on Sunday, October 16th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Mead Park in Charlottesville for a fun afternoon with lots of e-bike owners you can talk to and several types of e-bikes you can take for short test rides. Everyone is invited to Bike Demo Day. To learn more, please visit livableseaville.org. The Charlottesville Downtown Mall is 46 years old and remains a destination for locals and out-of-towners alike. One thing has been constant for most of that time. Chris Engel is the city's economic development director. That there have not been, in the history of the mall, uh, any truly accessible uh, public restrooms that are kind of proximate to where people are when they're on the mall. Uh, prior to COVID, the transit center, which is at the east end of the mall, had some public facilities on a lower level. Engel said those restrooms will eventually come back, but plans are underway for a new location, as he announced to the Economic Development Authority's Board of Directors at their meeting on October 11th. What we're talking about today is a, a lease with a private entity um, that owns York Place, which is kind of the walking, you know, little walking um, arcade, if you will. Engel said the EDA will enter into a one-year lease to provide two restrooms for public use. There will be signs pointing people to them. This will hopefully alleviate a long-term kind of issue with downtown mall merchants, uh, visitors, etc., not having ready access to a publicly available bathroom. York Place will maintain the facility for $5,000 a month and will be open as long as York Place is open. He maintains them and cleans them, stocks them uh, as needed, and uh, otherwise keeps an eye on them. If the paperwork is signed, the space will be ready for public use on November 1st. One member of the EDA Board of Directors had some concerns about personally being named in a potential lawsuit. Here's Addison Barnhart. I would want to hear from this, from our CETAs, from our, you know, attorney about just to make sure like, you know, yeah, if something terrible happens and you're the, you're the named tenant here as a group, um, what is uh, kind of the worst case scenario here? 
Barnhart said he was also concerned that people will vandalize or destroy the bathrooms, and the city will have to pay to repair them. I think we should try it. I'm not against it, but I... I do see some concerns here. Engel said there are clauses in the lease to allow the city to end the pilot if necessary. The EDA voted to enter into the agreement at the meeting. Another high-profile vacancy has opened in Charlottesville city government. Hansel Aguilar has resigned as executive director of the Police Civilian Oversight Board, effective October 21st. He was appointed to the position last September. During his tenure, City Council adopted an updated ordinance that gave a new name to what had been the Police Civilian Review Board, a name that reflected additional powers for the body. Here's a section from today's press release. The ordinance granted the board more supervision of the police department by providing the ability to receive, investigate, and issue findings on complaints made by civilians toward the police department. Friel Ensminger has a report in today's Seville Weekly about the first evaluation of a case conducted by Aguilar after the oversight board's first hearing was canceled. The office for the Police Civilian Oversight Board has a budget of 362,677 in the current fiscal year. Aguilar will become the Director of Police Accountability in Berkeley, California. He had worked for the Office of Police Complaints in Washington, D.C., but was terminated in 2019. He appealed his firing and was initially awarded a reversal. But the case overall was appealed to the Superior Court of the District of Columbia. A new version of the case is still pending, according to a status report filed on September 21st in the United States Court of the District of Columbia. Charlottesville will begin a search for a new executive director. The University of Virginia's transformation of Ivy Road into a high-profile corridor off of Charlottesville's tax rolls continues as work has begun on the construction of a new hotel and conference center. UVA Today reports that shovels overturned dirt on October 6 for the project, which has a $130.5 million budget. UVA President Jim Ryan was there, and he called the project a crossroads for the university and the university's front door. There's more from that quote in the newsletter. The structure is the second to get underway in the Emmett Ivy Corridor that the University of Virginia Foundation and the University of Virginia has slowly been purchasing over many years to consolidate properties for major developments. The other is the School of Data Sciences, which is also under construction. A future structure will house the Karsh Institute of Democracy. Construction of the 214-room hotel is expected to be complete in the spring of 2025. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement and in today's second Patreon-fueled shout-out, have you been thinking of converting your fossil fuel appliances and furnaces into something that will help the community reduce its greenhouse gas emissions? Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, has launched a new program to guide you through the steps toward electrifying your home. Thermalize Virginia will help you understand electrification and connect you with vetted contractors to get the work done and help you find any rebates or discounts. Visit ThermalizeVA.org to learn more and to sign up.
The falling of the leaves is the sign of many things, but the onslaught of autumn also marks the coming of the next Virginia Film Festival. Here's a clip from a promotional video for the festival. I think of the Virginia Film Festival as a film festival for audiences. You know, like there's there are plenty of acquisition film festivals where you just hobnob and it's sort of like LA goes to camp. And here's Jody Kielbasa, vice provost for the arts and director of the Virginia Film Festival. It's amazing to think that we made that video that you saw in 2019 and then really didn't have much of an opportunity to show it since we were virtual in 2020. So it was kind of fun to trot it out and remember what we once were and what we hope to be coming back to this year. Tickets go on sale next Tuesday, and the full program will be released tomorrow. Kielbasa was on hand for a preview yesterday. The opening film stars James Bond actor Daniel Craig in his second portrayal of a new character. And it was particularly fun for me as a former actor to see him sort of flex his muscles and become Benoit Blanc, the detective. And so we're thrilled to be able to announce that we're opening night film this year's Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Kielbasa went through many other highlights, such as the November 3rd showing of a film called Devotion. Now, this is a new film that focuses on the first African-American naval pilot, Jesse L. Brown, who was killed in the Korean War. Um, and we're excited to welcome Jonathan Majors with our Breakthrough Star Award. Majors will take part in a question and answer period after the film. He has also appeared in The Last Black Man in San Francisco and Lovecraft Country and plays Kang the Conqueror in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. On Friday night, we're screening Stay Awake. This film premiered at festivals around the world. It was a dual award winner at the Berlin Film Festival, opened the San Francisco International Film Festival, and the filmmaker, Jamie Sisley, is a local. Born in Virginia, now living in Charlottesville. We actually screened his very first film at the Virginia Film Festival about four or five years ago, and he returns with this new narrative film. This year, Ilya Tovis has joined the festival as its senior programmer, having spent the past 10 years as the director of the Washington Jewish Film and Music Festival. One of the things that we are thrilled to return to this year is so many conversations with artists and tributees, honorees, awards of all sorts. And one of uh, the films that is very close to my heart that we'll be showing is The Inspection. This is closing the New York Film Festival in just a couple of days. It is Elegance Braddon's fictionalized but true tale of his life as an African-American gay Marine and the hardships he went through there. The closing film in the 35th Annual Virginia Film Festival will be Empire of Light, the first solo script from director Sam Mendes. Kielbasa said this is a celebration of film. And that's the end of another installment of the newsletter, but there is so much more still to get to. Even though many items are timely, there's a lot from recent meetings I still hope to get through in order to let myself and the rest of you know what happened. We live in a complex community and civilization, and the idea of each installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement is to try to shed some light on just some of the moving pieces. To help provide batteries for the metaphorical flashlight, please consider a paid subscription through Substack. Ting will match your initial contribution. That increases the brightness. And if you sign up for Ting through a link in the newsletter, you're going to get a free standard installation, your second month for free, and a $75 downtown mall gift card. Enter the promo code COMMUNITY to get those benefits, and thank you, Ting. 
Music in the podcast is put together by either the fundamental Grang or the DC sensation known as Frocky. Only one of those has music available via Bandcamp, and you'll just have to click a link in the newsletter to see which one. Please follow Town Crier Productions on Twitter for schedule updates. That's at twitter.com slash Crier. Crier is C-R-I-E-R. And now, on to the next one. Thank you very much for listening, and please share this with somebody. Uh, it is October 12th, which is National Share Charlottesville Community Engagement Day. It is declared. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>